And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on all the way you want, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 70 of Lupa's Bits. I am your host, Lupa Barty. That never changes. I'm always your host. Uh, This week, I am flying solo. I don't even have my live studio audience because I am uh, recording a little late in the week. (laughs) I'm hoping that my producer will forgive me. Um, And my live studio audience is at his day job. And the spawn of live studio audience are both at school. So it is just me in the quiet and uh, thought I would take a moment and do my podcast because it's supposed to come out tomorrow. (laughs) I'm a little late doing it and getting it to my producer, but uh, my live studio audience, if need be, can edit it and get it out. Well, it doesn't really need to be edited. You know, it is what it is. Y'all know that. So, yeah, here we are, episode 70. Um, Still in Southern California, still enjoying the warm weather, which apparently, from what I've been told, is unseasonably warm for this time of year. But seeing as I'm from Ontario and where I live is covered in snow, um, even seasonably warm for California is warmer than home. So, I am going to just take what I can get and be happy that there's no snow. Uh, because I don't like snow. I don't like cold. You've heard me whine. Um, I do want to take a moment and send out some big love to a sister of mine who has is having a rough day today. Um, it's a bad time of year for her. And the next few days are pretty much hell every year. And they have been every year. Um, And I just want to let her know that I love her. And I'm here for her. You know, if you need me, reach out. I'm going to be checking in on you periodically for the next few days. And, uh, yeah. So, anyway. Just kind of send some love her way. Uh, it's another beautiful sunny day here in California, which I was talking to my brother yesterday and, uh, cause I now have an American phone number. I, it's much cheaper to get an American number and a pay as you go monthly than it is to add a travel pass plan to my Canadian phone. So as I cross back and forth over the border, I will turn my American phone on when I'm in the States and turn my Canadian phone on when I'm home and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But, uh, yeah, I was like half the price of what I pay for a, a pass on my already existing Canadian plan. It's just ridiculous. Anyway, so I gave the American phone number to my family because they can call me. And um, my brother called me right away. 
and we chit-chatted and he was driving through a blizzard and I was, you know, sitting in 70 degree weather, which for Canadians, that's 22. <laughs> so, um, I was going somewhere with this and do you honestly think I can remember where I was going with it? No, I was going somewhere with it. I don't remember. I was going to tell you something. I don't remember what it was. Anyway. Yeah, so he was driving in a blizzard and I was staring at... Oh, yeah. Now I remember. So he asked me, you know, what's the sunshine been like? And I'm like, every day. I said, well, it's got to rain sometime. Like, nope. It rained when I arrived. It was raining when I arrived. Um, and that was 24th of October. And here it is, the 3rd of December. And it hasn't rained since. <laughs> so when they say it's always sunny in California, they're not lying. It generally is. Now, mind you, when it rains, it floods because, you know, desert. But yeah, it it, it has it, no, no rain, no precipitation of any kind. Very dry. Uh, again, I get it. I can hear all of you people out there going, duh, it's a desert. I'm aware. Uh but yeah, very dry. Not something I'm used to. Um, even in the wintertime when it's fairly dry at home, we still have moisture. You know, it's still, there's a, still a percentage of moisture. Uh, let me see. I'll tell you what the percentage of moisture at home is right now. Because I just happen to have my phone here handy dandy. And if I go to the Weather Network, not a paid promotional plug, by the way. But if the Weather Network wants to pay me to plug their thing, I will totally do that. All right. So at home in Georgina right now, it is 39 degrees. Feels like 30. 77% humidity. 77%. Now, here in Apple Valley, where I happen to be, it is 72. With 10% humidity. 10. Um... Yeah, my hair has not been very frizzy. It has not been very uh, humid curl, which is kind of nice. I actually was able to have a shower the other day and not put any hair product in my hair. Completely freaked me out. And I can still run my fingers through it. I mean, it's curly as all heck. So, but yeah, 10% um, humidity. 72 degrees. I'm good with that. I'm quite happy with that, actually. Uh, and for Canadians, that is 22. <laughs> um, but yeah, I am not complaining in any way, shape or form about the weather or the humidity. I'm good with it. I like it. I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, I don't have a lot of exciting news this week. Um, it's been, you know relaxing and I've had a few um emotional ups and downs this week which I since it's just me um I feel like when it's just me when I don't have my live studio audience I feel my podcast is a little more intimate I can be a little more uh personal I know it's weird I can be personal with my live studio audience Regardless, because um, he knows everything anyway. But if you know me, you know I don't discuss my emotions very well. I don't do emotion very well. So 
when there's somebody listening in, uh, I kind of have that block up where I don't necessarily speak all of my truth and all of my emotion. I kind of keep that barrier up. Um, but when it's just me and you, then it's kind of, I can, I can be a little more open. I can be a little more vulnerable because nobody's looking at me. And once I'm done and it's out there, I can put that barrier back up and, you know, carry about my day. Now, I did have a conversation um, the other day about walls and barriers and the fact that there weren't any, and there aren't, there aren't any between me and him. Um, <laughs> and then you see, like, I totally just like stopped talking because I'm, I'm talking emotion. Um, there aren't any walls or barriers. He knows everything that there is to know about me. Uh, there's no secrets that I have. Um, there's, he's, I don't hide my emotions from him. I don't maybe necessarily share them as openly as I probably could, but neither one of us are re really very good at that. But like I said, when I get on here and I'm by myself and it's just me, it's almost like I'm talking to my diary. I can be a little more open. I can be a little more vulnerable. And then I can, you know, close out the podcast and that's that. Leave it out there and put it down and walk away. Um, so this has been an emotional week for me. Both of my boys had their birthdays this week. Uh, my oldest boy on the 22nd and... My middle child, who is my youngest boy, uh, on the 30th. And unfortunately, um, neither one of them are talking to me. Neither one of us, we don't talk to each other. Uh, both for entirely different reasons. Um, my middle child and I have been estranged for many years six now, I think, maybe seven. Um, things have been strained since he was, uh, well, I mean, we've, we've been minimal communication for six years, but things have been strained for at least <sighs> since he was 14, 15, maybe. Um, and he's now 20, Eight, 29. He's 29. Just turned 29. Um, so there's always that element of sadness when his birthday rolls around. And uh, I don't know if he sees my birthday post, but I do make a post and I, you know, text him. I don't even know if he has that number anymore, but I do a birthday post and I text him. So in the hopes that he'll see it. And since my ex and I have split up, my oldest child, um, he has decided that that is where he's going to take his stand. And he is not going to talk to me because I'm no longer with his dad. I get it. 
I understand it. Um, but in the same breath, you're a grown ass man with your own life and your own family. And I and his dad are entitled to a life where we're happy, where we're not walking on eggshells around each other and we're not fighting with each other and you know we're having a loving honest open relationship with another person and he doesn't seem to see things that way so he has chosen to not communicate with me um and that's fine that's his choice but it's my life and i'm allowed to live my life just as he's allowed to live his life and if you don't like my choices that's fine you don't have to like my choices now on the upside he has allowed me to stay in communications with my daughter-in-law and my grandson so um yeah you know what you've made your choices that's fine I get it. I think you're being a bit ridiculous, but it is what it is. And I'm not going to force you into anything. I'm not going to force him to acknowledge anything. If he wants to be that way, then that's his choice. I'm not going to love him any less. I'm not going to treat him any differently. But, you know, again, I texted him happy birthday. I put a happy birthday post on Facebook. Um, so those four days, because they are four days apart, two years and four days, but four days apart, those four days were pretty hard for me. And I'm still kind of um, sad. I'm still kind of emotional about it because I miss my boys. I miss talking to my boys. And, you know, I miss my daughter. She's going through some things that I love her and I will always be here for her, but I have a hard time supporting some of the choices that she's made and she knows that. But again, she is a grown ass adult. She is allowed to make her own choices and make her own decisions. I don't have to like them. I don't have to support them. That's the way it is. So. You know, my kids are grown and I am in the pursuit of a happier life for me. I don't have children to raise at home. So I'm allowed to be happy. Not that, you know, raising them did make me happy. It did. I love my kids dearly. And, um, you know, I loved my ex. We just weren't compatible as a couple. We are more compatible as friends, or so I think. I don't know. That could be up for debate, too. But anyway, uh, so yeah, it's that's kind of where I've been um, emotionally this week, dealing with that, and um, it's the anniversary of a friend of mine's mom's death, which you know, that's who we're sending big love to this, this week. Uh, so, you know, every year I take a moment 
for Bernie. And uh, I always have, you know, because I knew that woman for a lot of freaking years. <laughs> um, she was like a second mom to me, even though she hated me half the time. <laughs> it's okay. I hated her half the time, too. But I still loved her. And, uh, you know, I know what it's like to lose a parent. No matter how you lose them, I know what it's like to lose a parent. It's not easy. It's not by any stretch of the imagination is it easy. But this year is also um, the first Christmas. It was the first Thanksgiving and the first Christmas without my grandma. My grandma's not here. It's a year ago, November 11th, that um, she died. And I still haven't quite forgiven myself for not going and seeing her that day. Um, I was busy working and I was going to go the next day. I'd gone the day before and I was going to go the next day. I figured I had a couple of more days with her, but, uh, I didn't. And it's been a year and, uh, it's going to be, I mean, mom tried to make last year. I mean, last year was the first Christmas technically without her, but she'd already bought Christmas presents. Um, and my grandmother, like my mom had already bought Christmas presents from grandma and had already, um, had, to, cause grandma, Gramps always gave us money and there'd be like a little gift, like socks or underwear or something from her. And the kids always got, little kids always got a toy. And then we all got envelopes, um, with money in it from Gramps. And, uh, she kept that going last year. So this will be the first year that it'll be noticeable because there won't be that card that says loves Gramps, that says love grandma, you know, and it's not the, the money factor that I'm going to miss. It's going to be that love grandma, you know, she's not, it's not there. And it kind of hit my mom a few months ago. Um, we were talking to my grandson and, uh, my mom was, was on camera with me and he, he said, hi, Gigi. And she opened her mouth to say, I'm not Gigi. And it dawned on her. Yes, she is. Gigi was started with my nephew. Um, that's what he called my grandma. Because it was hard for him to say, great grandma. So he called her Gigi. Gigi. Great grandma. And it kind of stuck. And everybody called her Gigi. And... Then when James called my mom Gigi, it dawned on her, well, she's Gigi now. She was Gigi before, but she didn't have the name. She was, she was Nana. And now she's Gigi. Um, yeah, so Grandma always loved Christmas. She loved the lights. and She, <laughs> she loved the sweets. That was her favorite part. And that's what we would buy her, like, when she got to a certain age. I mean, what do you buy a, a woman who has everything? You know, when you reach 80, 90 years old, what can you possibly... A new sweater? She's got 12. 
they're all new. She doesn't go anywhere. So what, we would buy her chocolate because she loved chocolate. So we would, she would get her box of turtles and her pot of gold and, you know, her Lindor tree and her Ferrero Rocher. And we would make her cookies and cake of the year at Nanaimo bars. And she, that was her favorite part of Christmas was the sweets. She could do without the turkey and the potatoes and all the trimmings and go straight for dessert. That would, that, that was her happy place. Um, and she complained about the noise and she complained about the amount of people, but you could see her as she was complaining. She was smiling the entire time. Um, so, I mean, she loved having her grandkids around. She loved having her great grandkids around. She loved having her great, great grandkids around because James and Lizzie, my grandchildren, were her great, great grandchildren. So we actually have a five generation photo of, um, my grandma, my mom, me, um, Tabby stood in for my son and Elizabeth, let me see, grandma, mom, me, Tabby, yeah, five generations. And there is one with, there's a four generation with my sister and there's a five generation with my son and James as well. So, I mean, it's not often that you get a five generation photo because families don't last five generations. You know, that's, that's a long time. She was 93 when she died. Um, and she died of pneumonia. Go figure. Well, they say natural causes, but, um, natural causes from pneumonia. But she had Alzheimer's, and we all figured it was going to be the Alzheimer's that was going to take her out. Nope, not that stubborn old bird. It was it was pneumonia. I had to pause for a drink. Terribly sorry. Um, yeah, not even. I'm see if I can send a brief message. I might get housekeeping. I might not, uh, because like I said, my live studio audience is at his day job and his day job doesn't necessarily lend time to, um, texting, but, uh, I've just messaged him about any housekeeping. I know we have the calendars coming out. Um, and all of the artists that are in the calendars will be contacted. We have the uh, World of Myth Anthology 4 coming out this month. Um, and everybody that is in that will be contacted and made aware that they are in the anthology and what the pay scale is for the anthology. Um so yeah, that's exciting. I'm excited about that. Um, but yeah, things are kind of quiet right now. We're, we're winding down the year and, um, gearing up for PCE in February. So things will pick up incredibly, um, come January. And, uh, I will be back in Canada as of the 27th of December. And 
I will be home for a while and then I will be back in the U.S. of A., but this time in Florida uh, because I go to Florida with my mom. So I will be in Florida and hopefully bypass winter altogether, which would be great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, things are, are pretty quiet right now. I mean, we're still um, plugging away. Things are still getting done. Um I've got some books that are going to be published in 2022 that I need to get contracts drawn up for and get a hold of the authors and get those books edited and get the editing process going back and forth. Um, we have our lineup ready to go. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're still, company's still plugging away. We're still doing our thing. And I had to write... Um, the intro for the anthology because I am the editor of the anthology and the editor always writes the intro. So I've written a couple anyway. <laughs> I write the intro to the anthology. And uh, I had to, because it's an official thing, um, Dave wanted me to put my official titles instead of just, you know, Stephanie J. Barty, editor-in-chief. So it was Stephanie J. Barty, uh, Chief Financial Officer, the Jaiselmon Dark Myth Company, Board of Directors, the Jaiselmon Dark Myth Company, Editor-in-Chief, Dark Myth Publications. <laughs> it's like, holy moly, I, I have a couple of hats that I wear. Um, and I didn't, it didn't really dawn on me until I actually had to write it out just what I do. Uh, yeah, I'm a busy girl. But not this week. Nope. I have, other than writing the intro and doing this podcast, I have been doing my best to keep myself together. Um, I'm not at home. I'm not in the privacy of my own home. Don't want my um, sadness, my emotions to affect anybody around me. Uh, there are kids here, so you know, keep it happy, keep it upbeat, keep it smiling. You know, do what I got to do to get through the day, and then when everybody's asleep, I can fall apart, pull myself back together, and start all over the next day, which is kind of what I've been doing, um, and I know once my live studio audience listens to this, I'm going to get the look, <laughs> but eh, I haven't been able to share my sadness, my, my moments, my grief, my emotions with somebody that not just necessarily understood, but cared, you know, was interested, didn't tell me to suck it up or that it was invalid or that, you know, I was being ridiculous and, and those emotions didn't matter. 
because whether it's ridiculous or not, if that's how I feel, that's how I feel. If I'm, that's what I'm experiencing, that's what I'm experiencing. And ridiculous or not, paranoid or not, OCD or not, <laughs> um, it's valid. It's how I feel. And it's, it's an emotion that I have to work through and being discounted or being given a brief hug and then told to move on in no uncertain terms, you kind of keep that stuff to yourself. So it's a learning curve <laughs> being in a relationship where every emotion, every um, awkward sigh, every heavy breath is questioned. Are you okay? Are you sure you're okay? Do you need to talk? What's going on? I'm not used to that at all, ever in my 49 years of life have I ever experienced that. So I know you're going to give me the look. I know you're going to, you know, ask me why didn't I say something. That's why I'm getting used to it. I'm, I'm, I'll get there. I'll get there. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm used to hiding my pain. Fake it till you make it. You know, fake it till you make it. It's how I've always been. But I'm, I'm in a place, in a relationship where I'm not allowed to do that. <laughs> allowed to fake it till I make it. I'm supposed to talk about things that upset me. I'm supposed to open up about things that bother me and and I'm working on that. So cut me some slack, okay? Just you you're going to give me the look anyway. I'm well prepared for the look, but just know that it wasn't because I didn't feel safe enough to share it with you. Um, I told you the days that it was their birthdays and I guess that was my way of, of letting you know why I was feeling the way I was those days and that this is my way of opening up and, um, sharing that emotion with you. And what I've kind of, why I've kind of been up and down this week and maybe a little distant and closed off. Um, but I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm getting there. Okay, so I just got housekeeping. And um, we're going to go ahead and do this now because I was going to do it later, but this is the housekeeping. So we're going to do it now. So I want to congratulate the 2021 Open Contract Challenge winners. Um uh, Third place who wins a $50 gift card is Jeff R. Young. Second place who gets an ebook contract to publish the manuscript. And a $100 gift card is Jim Bates. And the grand prize winner who wins both a paperback and ebook publishing contract, a $200 gift card, and a round-trip flight along with lodging to California to PCE in 2022, where she'll get 20 copies of her winning book to sell, is Peggy Gerber with her book, 
Welcome to Crazy Town. And I do believe I talked about this last week, how incredible this book is. And the poetry just reaches off the page and just grabs you in the feels, I'm telling you. And as much as I hate that expression, I get it. So congratulations again, Peggy. And uh, I can't wait to meet you. So that is housekeeping, and it has moved us away from the emotional train wreck that we were heading on. (laughs) Thank you very much, my live studio audience, who is not live today. Um, So, yeah. PCE. I am both excited and not about PCE. I'm excited for the actual event because it's going to be fun and there's going to be, you know, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, And, you know, I'll be back in California and I'll get to meet Peggy and I'll get to see, you know, everybody and have a good time. I'm also not because it's my birthday and I am not looking forward to my birthday this year. Um, and the emotions of the past week, I've kind of looked in the mirror and I'm like, my goodness, I look old because crying yourself to sleep every night takes wear and tear on your face. (laughs) I tell you, I look old this week. I really do. I look drawn. I look tired. I'll be turning 50, 50 years old. I, I honestly, my brain cannot cannot wrap itself around the fact that I'm going to be 50 years old. I don't, I don't see myself at that age. I don't, I don't feel like I'm that old. And I mean, I know for those of you that are listening that, you know, that's not that old, but I mean, I, I, I just, I'm having a hard time with that number. A very, very hard time with that number. So I'm looking forward to PCE. I'm not looking forward to the day that it's on. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to deal with that. I really don't know how to deal with that. I don't know how to reconcile that number with who I am. You know, I mean, yeah, I've been on this earth for that long. I was born in 1972, you know, and I have to choose my age on a fill in your age. I spin that thing like the wheel of fortune, but I don't, uh, no, I'm not, I can't be, I can't be, (laughs) you know, my brain's going, no, that's not right. That's not right. No, you have to be wrong. You have to be wrong. The math, the math is wrong. I'm still like early forties, but no, no, I'm going to be 50. And I don't want to be. I'll be honest. I don't want to be. I really don't. Um, that's one thing that I have had a problem with is growing old. I I don't want to be old. I don't want to look old. I don't want to be looked at as old. Um... And I mean, especially when you're dating a younger guy, it's like, you know, I'm going to be in my fifties. They're still going to be in their forties and that, you know, 
could be a problem for some people. It, it, some people have issues with that. I'm hoping that's not the case. Um, I'm pretty sure it's not. But I, I, you know, I just, that, that number, I, I, I'm not, as you can hear, I'm having a hard time with it. I just, I can't wrap my brain around that number. I'm having a problem with that number. So, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do about it. I mean, I can't not be that age because that's the age I'm going to be. Um, I just guess I have to just kind of come to terms with it and, and figure it out. Everywhere I look, there's a cat sleeping. <laughs> there are two of them in here sleeping with me right now. Um, I think two. Yeah, two. Well, here comes Mort. Kind of like CJ. Has to come in and say hello. Remember that? Remember CJ? Well, yep, now I have Morticia. Not my cat. Not my cat. Hello, Morticia. Come and say hello. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear that, but... She's, uh... She's a vocal cat. Anyway... Yeah, so that's been my week. Um, not as emotional as some people, but, you know, emotional just the same. Hard week for me. Uh, and now I'm sending all my love and hugs and, and strength to a sister in need, which I do every year, even when we weren't talking. <laughs> Still center, you know, strength because it's not easy. I'm glad I can, I can honestly say I'm glad I'm not at home with the possessed clock because, um, usually around this time of year, if the clock was going to act up and, you know, be possessed, now was about the time of year that it would do that because this was around the time of year that she died. She gave me the clock, I think like two months before she died. Um, and I don't know if I've ever told you the story of the possessed clock. I may have told you the story of the possessed clock. If I did, I'm sorry, you're going to get a repeat. So Bernie gave me this really ugly retro 1980s clock. You know, the kind that was a mantle clock and it was black plastic. And it had, you know, the drawing on it. and um, <laughs> um, I'm texting you now, Joe, because you just messaged me. <laughs> um, so she gave me this clock and the, the ugliest clock, a little drawer. And, and I finally, it finally stopped ticking. I'm like, great. I can put it away. So I stuck it on a shelf and it was stuck in the back and you know, yada, yada, yada. And 
I think a couple of years went by, and then all of a sudden, the clock starts to tick. I do what now? And it ticked and ticked and ticked. And I thought for sure. And then it would stop. Then it would stop. So that's the thing. It would tick for like a few months. And then it would stop for like six months. And I thought for sure that my ex and my son were messing with me. Because there's a switch on the back. You can turn it off. You can turn it on. It was battery operated. So I taped, duct taped, duct taped, seriously duct taped the back the battery, the mechanism, everything, duct taped, and dated it. And for several years, this clock would stop and start on a dollar store battery, no less. That was already dead. Um, we even took a voltmeter and tested the battery. The battery had no juice in it. There's a video out there of... Um, my ex with his voltmeter from work, um, and he's testing the battery, and there is no juice in this battery. This battery is dead, 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 dead. Now, we didn't unduct tape it. We just stuck it in like little holes, made little holes, stuck it in. Anyway, um, yeah, so we called it the possessed clock, and every time, like, and people, other people, other than just me and my ex, and my kids, noticed this clock. And um, it would start ticking when uh, people were around. And if you didn't acknowledge the clock, or at least the spirit of the clock, then um, it just ticked louder and louder. Mish, your ears must be burning. You just texted me. Oh, cool. Okay, we need to talk about that. Obviously not in the middle of my podcast, but, you know. Um, yeah, so... Um, it would tick louder and louder and louder until you... Hi, Bernie. And then it would quiet down and, and do its thing and, and just, you know, tick, tick, tick. Water's jumping off my table. And just tick away happily until it stopped again. And then it would start again. And um, now it stopped about two years ago and hadn't started again. I don't know if it's ticking now. It I stuck it in a closet or in a cupboard in my new apartment in the very back. And then when I got my grandma's um, curio cabinet, I put it on the bottom shelf with all of the other possessed objects that I own and locked the door. It's in there. with Annabelle's in that cabinet, too. Um, so I don't know if it's ticking right now. Um, I'm glad I'm not there. My neighbor that is checking on my place hasn't messaged me and said, you have a strange ticking in your apartment. Do you have a clock or something? I don't see one. I, you know, I would tell him get out <laughs> but uh yeah so possessed clock anyway um let's get into some florida man on this day december 2nd i decided to see what you know florida man stuff is out there for this day and there's you know so okay so authorities say 
they arrested a Florida man who provoked a small alligator to bite his hand and poured beer into the animal's mouth. News outlets report that 27-year-old Timothy Kapke and 22-year-old Noah Osborne were charged last week with illegal use of an alligator. Let me say that for you one more time. Illegal use of an alligator. Is there actually legal use of an alligator? Is there legal use of an alligator? I mean, you know, just, just, just a thought. So for, for blah, 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 blah. let's try that again. See, I just have told to keep it clean and I screw it up. Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Officers launched an investigation in August following a complaint from Osborne, who had caught an alligator in Palm City and turned over to Cap. A cap appears in the video to allow the reptile to bite its forearm. The video also shows Capke feeding the alligator a beer while he fights. Yeah. Um, I don't know about that. So, okay. So now that was just for today. We're going to jump to my birthday, February 12th, because that was the next one. A man from Pasco County ended up behind bars after MPs said he hit his girlfriend with a burrito. Peter. Alacqua, 41, was arrested Monday in connection with an incident last week. According to the arrest report, Alacqua was arguing with his girlfriend on Friday at their Fellsdale Avenue home in Port Ritchie when it happened. Deputies say that at some point during the argument, Alacqua pushed the woman into a car and threw his burrito at her, hitting her on the left side of the face. The arrest report states that the first deputy who responded to the scene saw the contents of the burrito on the victim's face, neck, shoulder, and chest. So not only did he hit her with the burrito, it was an exploding burrito. Alacqua left the scene after the incident. MPs called him to report the charges against him, but said he refused to cooperate and did not tell them where he was. Um, okay. The arrest report says that he turned off the phone. <laughs> In the end, the deputies managed to find Alacqua and arrest him for domestic violence. All right. Yep. Turned off his phone. I mean, I mean, really, the police call you and say, um, we're going to arrest you. Could you tell us where you are? Most people that have gotten themselves into a situation where they're going to be arrested are not going to tell the police where they are. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. I'm sitting at my mother's at blah, 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 blah. I'll just wait here for you while you come get me. Right. Okay, let's see. November 17th. That was the next one that came up. A Florida surgeon removed a healthy kidney from a woman when she underwent surgery on her back because he believed the vital organ was a cancerous tumor. The Palm Beach Post reported last week that Maureen Pacheco was suing Ramon Vasquez and two other surgeons for negligence. 
Vasquez was in charge of the autopsy on Pacheco in 2016, so that two orthopedic surgeons, Dr. John Britt and Dr. Jeffrey Kugler, could perform back surgery. Huh? Pacheco's lawyer, I read it exactly as it's written. Donald J. Ward says she had no say in the removal. The suit was settled in September. Vasquez's lawyer, Mark Middlemark, okay, there's a name for you, Mark Middlemark. Yep, Middlemark. Claims the Wellington Regional Medical Center did not tell his client that Pacheco had a pelvic kidney. Wow. <laughs> All righty then. Um, one more Florida man. And then we will move on. Let's see. What do we got here? Let's go October 15th. Jacksonville, Florida. The Florida resident said he resisted an armed man who broke into his home on Friday and gouged out his eyes. Richard Golden said he was sitting at his home in Jacksonville when he heard someone break down his glass door. Then he found himself face to face with a man armed with a rifle demanding money. He said he fought the armed man before he got the upper hand. He hit me on the head with a gun, and while my friend came up and distracted him, when he distracted him, I made my move. I grabbed him and locked the pistol. Okay. Gold said that he put the man, who was identified as Timothy Hinson, in the castle and poked his fingers in the eye. Wow, people really need to, like, edit their stuff. Golden made sure Hinson didn't escape while he waited for the police to arrive. I sat on him and gouged out his eyes until the police arrived here. I beat him with his own pistol until the police came here. He said he was not sure why he was targeted for a crime because he had never seen a suspect before in his life. Okay. Golden's hands were scratched from the fight and his dog ran away because the gate to his house was left open during the fight. Hinton was treated for his injuries and arrested. He remains in jail on $250,000 bail. Okay, I've had enough of this site. It's starting to irritate me, just so you know. Okay, so we did interesting facts about Florida last week. So now we're going to do interesting facts about Ontario, where I'm from. Now, Ontario covers one million square kilometers. That makes it larger than Spain and France combined. Ontario is the second largest province in Canada, coming in behind Quebec. And trust me, Quebec goes on forever. I have driven through it. I know it goes on forever. Boasting approximately 250,000 lakes, Ontario is estimated to have 20% of the world's freshwater stores. The official flower of Ontario is the trillium beautiful white three-petaled flower can be found growing wild in the spring. And if you pick one of them, if you uproot one of them, if you remove one of them from where it's growing, you can be fined a large amount. Jewelry lovers will recognize the official stone of Ontario as the amethyst, which is my birthstone, as the stunning semi-precious purple stone found in rings, necklaces, and earrings. Niagara Falls remains one of the biggest draws to the province, as well as one of the most popular tourist attractions in North America. Now, here are facts about Toronto. Toronto is the capital of Ontario and is the largest city 
in the province with over 2.8 million residents. Linguistically diverse, there are over 100 languages spoken in Toronto and 44% of residents have a first language that isn't English or French. Thanks to this varied culture, local foodies and visitors to Toronto are treated to over 7,500 restaurants boasting food from around the world. Everything from Creole to Hungarian to Chinese to Caribbean foods are within reach. There was a restaurant on Queen Street called The Real Jerk. Oh, they had the most amazing jerk chicken. Beyond the booming restaurants, Toronto is also the third most popular city for screen-based production work, with only Los Angeles and New York edging it out. Popular actors from Toronto include Christopher Plummer, Will Arnett, Mike Myers, and Rick Moranis. All right, World War history. One of the more interesting facts about Ontario is that in World War II, a Canadian spy school known as Camp X was run in Whitby, Ontario, which actually isn't that far from where I live. Once the war ended, Camp X was returned was turned into a communications interception station until 1969. Rumored alumni of the secretive camp include James Bond creator Ian Fleming, as well as Charlie and the Chocolate Factory author Roald Dahl. Uncover more about Ontario? Let's see what we got. Okay, let's see. Um, okay, so we already know about the lakes. It will come as a shock to precisely nobody that we will find Ontario endlessly intriguing. A, because I live there. However, and B, because of the facts I'm about to share with you. To be fair, there's really no shortage of things to be fascinated by, that be and that becomes especially clear when we're looking at a big list of fun facts about Ontario. So, how do I get rid of this? Where's the little X to make this go away? Oh, okay. Let's get to it and see if we can't arm you with a few facts that you can break out on your next long Ontario drive. Now, when we went to Vegas to pick up Alan Russo and Walter G. Esselman, I actually gave them some fun Canadian facts on the way back. There were some funny uh, Canadian country like town names and stuff like that. So we already know about the 250,000 lakes. So Ontario contains about one-fifth, which sounds more than 20%, of the fresh water in the entire world. To put this in perspective even further, generous estimates of the amount of lakes in Switzerland are around 7,000. And most people guess that Germany has around 20 or so thousand lakes. Yeah, we got it pretty good. More than half of the highest quality farmland in Canada is in Ontario. Surprise, surprise. If you grew up in Ontario, one bite of a piece of peaches and cream corn will firmly convince you that there is something special going on with our soil. That corn is so sweet and tasty and crunchy. And oh my goodness, you have not tasted corn until you've had peaches and cream. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you. Just telling you. There are over 50 
1,000 farms in Ontario. And believe it or not, they make up nearly one quarter of all farm revenue in the nation. Of course, corn isn't the only thing we grow. We're known for our ability to grow a wide variety of fruits and vegetables, but especially our apples, potatoes, and also cash crops like our soybeans and mixed grains of the world. We'd be remiss not to mention dairy, since our dairy and beef cattle farms are the staple of the Ontario economy. If it grows, it's likely there's a farmer growing it here in Ontario. Many people, for example, don't know that Ontario grows quite a bit of ginseng, particularly in southwestern Ontario. The common loon is the provincial bird. Yes, the loon. The loon holds a special place in the heart of many Ontarians because those with a cottage, especially those with a cottage. However, many don't know that the loon is our official bird. Of course, the loon appears on our currency, you know, the loony, as well as on a previous series of $20 bills. We want to give you a quick nod to our neighbors down south in Minnesota. It's also their state bird and appears on their quarter. Great minds think alike. The loon is a symbol of the robust wilderness that we have here in Ontario, but also of the power of solitude. I know we're mostly doing fun facts about Ontario, but here's a fun fact about loons. The loon actually has four distinct calls. The tremolo, the whale, the yodel, and the hoot. Ontario comes from the Iroquois word. Iroquois is um, our indigenous, one of the multitude of indigenous people that live in in Canada um, or Native Americans for you Americans. So the Iroquois. Ontario comes from the Iroquois word for beautiful water. It's important to remember that what we now call Ontario was has actually been settled for more than 12,000 years. 12,000 years. Before the Europeans began to arrive en masse, Iroquoian and Algonquian-speaking Aboriginals called this land home. Most linguistic experts believe that there isn't an exact translation, but that the word Ontario was derived from an Iroquois word that means beautiful water in a larger sense, but could also mean beautiful lake or big body of water, depending on the context. Amethyst is the official mineral of Ontario. Good choice, right? Ontario is known worldwide for its mineral wealth, and choosing amethyst as our official mineral in 1975 was supposed to clearly represent the abundance of of valuable minerals in this province. As far as mining history is concerned, people often think first of Sudbury, Ontario, but the first gold rush actually happened near Maydock, Ontario, in 1866. I have family in Maydock. Ontario still produces over half of the country's gold, by the way. Of course, the choosing of amethyst, which many will know is famed is a famed purple quartz-style crystal, wasn't just symbolic. Amethyst is found in large supply on Lake Superior's North Shore, as well as North Bay and Bancroft. Ontario is larger than France and Spain combined. Ontario spans more than 1 million square kilometers, which is, simply put, enormous. So big, in fact, that we're home to two time zones. Two. Uh-huh. Two. The boundary line between the eastern time zone and central time zone is actually just west of Thunder Bay. Within our province, we have Manitoulin Island, which many will know is the largest freshwater island on the planet. Mm-hmm. 
The sheer size of our province means that there is plenty that is worth exploring, whether you're looking for outdoor adventures or to see our cities and towns. Niagara Falls is one of North America's most popular tourist attractions. Uh, duh! Some people feel like Niagara Falls can be a can be a bit kitschy, but there's no denying its pull. The truth is that it's all about where you look at Niagara with Niagara Falls. You can find whatever it is you're looking for in that city, really. If you want to go to some great local restaurants, then you can. If you want to go to your favorite chain, you can do that as well. If you want adventure, you'll find it. If you want to just gamble at a casino or two, well, you'll also find that. We're in close touch with Niagara Tourism, and they've got some seriously exciting initiatives in the pipeline. In particular, an incredible-looking 4D experience at the Niagara Parks Power Station. However, however you feel about Niagara Falls, there are many reasons that it's one of the continent's premier attractions. You know the trillium is the official flower. Many people don't know this, but the push to have an official flower for Ontario actually came during World War I, when soldiers wanted a flower to plant at the graves of their fallen brethren, which signified something meaningful. It didn't officially become our flower until 1937, but it stayed that way ever since. The white trillium means different things to different people, but generally speaking, it's tethered to the idea of spring's arrival, rebirth and recovery, purity, as well as love and beauty. You can find the trillium in forests and woodlands across the province and, of course, on the new Ontario license plate. Ontario was home to a World War II spy school. We already knew that, right? During the heart of World War II, Whitby, Ontario became home to a Canadian spy school that was known only as Camp X. It honestly sounds like something straight out of a James Bond movie. Purportedly, spies were taught everything from lockpicking to combat techniques, sabotage to espionage. For many years, there was no acknowledgement that this place even existed. But now, a plaque is there. We really hope it just says X marks the spot. Sorry couldn't resist. For those who want to learn more, there's even a movie made that came out in 2014 called Camp X Secret Agent School. There are over 100,000 kilometers of rivers in the province. Isn't that staggering to consider? To put that in perspective, that's about a quarter of the way from the earth to the moon in rivers. Our rivers are part of the reason why we're also known for our freshwater cruising. That's something we're a really big fan of, as well as doing things like cruising on the Rideau Canal. Of course, it's also the reason why people come from around the world to experience our fishing, and in particular, our fly fishing. Perhaps the two most notable rivers in the province would be the Ottawa River, which is 1,271 kilometers, and the St. Lawrence River, which is 1,197 kilometers. Both rivers were vital to the growth of our province and continue to play a major role in our geography, as well as in tourism and so forth. Ontario is the most populous province in the country. Believe it or not, almost 40% of the country's population resides in Ontario. That makes a lot of sense when you consider that we have four cities in the top 10 largest in the country. Toronto, Ottawa, Hamilton, and Kitchener-Cambridge-Waterloo. Those three are combined together. The population of Ontario is around 15 million which is significantly more than any other province. Quebec is in second with about 8.5 million, and then British Columbia with a little over 5 million, and Alberta with 4.5 million. The greater Toronto area alone is still more populous than any other province. Now that's an interesting Ontario fact for you. Only about one kilometer 
one kilometer of Ontario's border is with the U.S. Oh, sorry, let me try that again. Only about one kilometer of Ontario's border with the U.S. is land. That's right. Many people don't know that the only part of our border with the U.S. that is land is at a collection of portages, portages down near Minnesota. The rest of the border follows inland waterways. From the west along the Lake of the Woods and eastward along the Great Lakes St. Lawrence drainage system, it makes a lot of sense when you think about the Great Lakes, which our nations share in many respects. But it's still a fun fact about Ontario that you may not have thought about. And up until this moment, I actually didn't. Every time you cross from Ontario to go into the States, you go over a bridge, which goes over water. So that makes complete and total sense. Many of our facts about Ontario are related to water. Ah, the eastern white pine is Ontario's official tree. That I did not know. The eastern white pine was officially designated Ontario's tree on May 1st, 1984. That's no surprise, as it's the tallest tree in the province and can live over 250 years. It's found all across the province, and it was chosen as a symbol to represent the vast forests of Ontario. The eastern white pine was also known as the Tree of Great Peace by the Haudenosaunee First Nations of Southern Ontario. Native Americans. Finally, the eastern white pine was also a suitable choice because it was a hugely important source of income and trade in the province not all that long ago. Now, the highest point in Ontario is Ishpatina Ridge. Ishpatina Ridge is 693 meters above sea level, or a little over 2,250 feet. It's not terribly easy to get to, and it's located in Temagami in northeastern Ontario. It's a little under 100 kilometers from Sudbury. We mentioned before that it was a challenge to reach, and that's because the closest highway, Highway 560, is about 30 kilometers north of Ishpatina Ridge. The name Ishpatina comes from the Ojibwe word Ishpadina, meaning high place or ridge. Spadina Avenue in Toronto is and Ishpeming, Michigan, also got their name from this word. If you did manage to head there, you'd find it abandoned. You'd find an abandoned fire tower, which is often referred to as Ellis Tower. It's about 100 feet in height and hard to miss. Should be mentioned that Ishpatina Canyon nearby is one of the deepest in Ontario. And I hope you enjoyed those fun facts about Ontario and our Florida Man Fridays. Uh, I think I'm going to wrap this up and get this over to Joe so that he can edit it. If It's going to be raw, so you're going to hear dogs barking. You're going to hear things moving. It's just the way it is. <laughs> anyway, all right, everybody. I will talk to you all next week. I hope you guys all have a good week. Until then, see ya. Lay your weary head to rest Don't you cry, Don't you cry.